0: All righty. Thank you, worship team. Get up for the worship team today. That was just amazing. What a wonderful, even the encouragement during, I just loved everything about it. The worship, just so powerful. Thank you for coming out. Mike and Sheila, good to see you guys over there. Praise God. Man, longtime members of Grace Church. Hickory First, First Assembly, all the, just all the names, just all the people. Always good to see uh, those warriors, generals, and the Lord that uh, frequent and come by. God's good. Amen? Amen. All right, and can we give it? Uh, can we give it up for those watching online? This is our broadcast service. So, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming out. Uh, we meet people through the community, and then some people will come to Grace Church, and it's like, oh, yeah, I go to Grace Church, and so we're running around trying to, now that's who that person is. And so <laughs> uh, we know people I've faced and not always by name. We're getting, we're, we're entering into uh, Psalms. We're going to do a summer in Psalms. I want to uh, shirt tail Marcus's thing. I like what he said. And just really think about it. We So we do 10,000 meals a month in Haiti, all right? Uh, The block parties, we're going to give away $50,000 worth of food uh, this summer to people in need. Uh, And then uh, if you would uh, give to the Pregnancy Care Center, we want to write them a a nice check to help with people in their crisis situation. In in some cases, like Marcus said, sometimes pregnancy is not always um, a a joyful thing. Sometimes it's not wanted. And yet God can make really good things happen out of a really bad situation. And so, uh, you know, God, God is good. Amen? And he's good all the time. God is good. So, uh, summer and I can't see that. It's not dark enough. Go, just bring it up here and let's. I'll, I'll read. It. Janie gives me notes. And so, uh, baseball Sunday next week. Yeah. So, uh, give it up for our baseball team. Uh, they're uh, they, they're a really good group of guys. And uh, so, what we want to do uh, next week, we're going to take an offering for the Catawba Valley Stars. Uh, and, and we're just going to have kind of a meet and greet. They're, they're going to go downstairs and, and hang out with the kids. Some of them are. Coach will have them in. Maybe they'll have a jersey on, I don't know, or hats or something, or maybe he'll have a hat or two we can give away, just throw out into the baseball, sign, whatever. Uh, we want to bless them. We want to take an offering for them. Uh, they're away from home. Uh, Janie's going to cook a meal for them on Sunday evening. Uh, yeah, that's what I meant, Saturday. Saturday evening. We're working out the mechanics <laughs> Saturday evening, uh, but come on out, bring some cash with you next week. We'll throw it in a bucket, and we'll, we'll write a check to coach, and he can do whatever he wants with it, and, uh, and you know, he's going to take them whitewater rafting, and maybe that will help with the whitewater rafting trip, whatever, so we're just going to have fun. Come on out, baseball Sunday next week, we'll, we'll honor the team and, uh, and have a good time. Janie's going to have Cracker Jack boxes for everybody in the house next week. Uh, Cracker Jacks, peanuts, maybe some popcorn. Um, we might even do hot dogs next Sunday night, who knows, uh, for the fireworks. We're not sure. We're not claiming that yet. We'll let you know Sunday. You'll have to come out just to find out if we're doing hot dogs or not. Be a whole baseball deal, won't it? Baseball's America's pastime, baseball in church. So summer in Psalms, all right? So the, let's, here's what I want you to think about as we go through. Uh, this is the first official Sunday uh, in summer. I want you to think about maybe your favorite grandparent or older person that uh, sits with you on the riverbank and tells you a story. We all have people in our lives that maybe have gone or maybe they're still here, but they're great storytellers. They just, they tell you that really cool story. I, I remember, when, and maybe they've told the story so often, you've heard it so many times, but it's such a good story, you want to hear it. I want you to think about David sitting on the banks of a river and God telling you a story through him. David wrote most of the songs, not all of them. Asaph wrote some. The sons of Korah wrote some. Solomon wrote a couple. Moses even wrote a couple psalms. Some of them are written anonymously. In other words, they can't attribute who the author is, but... We're going to use David in this particular case because he did write a majority of them. And like Janie said, David going through some hard times in his life, ran basically for 13 years from the time of 17 till the time he was 30, when he was anointed king the first time, never really complained, but wrote these psalms in the cave, wrote them on a riverbank, wrote them in the, when he was watching sheep, and he would just pen a poem or pen something poetic. And they're life-giving for us today. And when we read the Psalms and we, we, we take this idea that maybe over the next 90 days you'll just read a Psalm a day or several Psalms and just ingest it and then digest it and, and, and think sometimes we, we get really cool and super spiritual But sometimes we need a moment of refreshing, and that's what the Psalms really were. Even when David asked for bad things to happen to his enemies, it's a time of refreshing because he's asking God to stick up for him and look out for him. And so we're going to walk through Psalms eight or ten weeks in a row, and, and I want you just to think. You're in that private place, that really cool special place. Maybe you have a special place. Maybe you grab, you know, a nice tea or a nice coffee or you know, a, a drink of some sort, and you're sitting down with your Bible. And when you open the Bible, here's what I do: when I open my Bible in different books. I act like it's that author speaking to me, like it's David speaking to me, and he's telling me how to live. And so uh, when we did a Hot Topics uh, survey in December... One of the hot topics was, I I want to learn how to pray. I want to learn how to pray to God. And so we're going to pray the Psalms this year. Uh, Janie and I have hung out, been fortunate enough to hang out two different times uh, at monasteries. Now, before you judge us too quickly, uh, the first time, we weren't sure what we were getting ourselves into. It was in Estes Park, and I just had to say Colorado to my wife, and she was in. I didn't explain the rest of it to her. We're going to go to a monastery for a week where there's no television, no cell service, and we're going to, we're going to hang out with Eugene Peterson who translated the Message Bible. I, I explained that when we got up there. Uh, and she said, where's the TV at? And I said, there is none. No TV. Well, at least I got my phone. Well, phones don't work either. And we hung out. And it was just a time of refreshing. And Eugene Peterson took us through some stories of his life, okay? And then the the next time, which was about two and a half years ago, we went to a monastery in uh, St. Joseph, Missouri. And we knew then what we were getting into. We signed up for it. It was a two- or three-day prayer retreat that we were going to. I knew then. I tried to fill you in. I can't. We took our phones. Oh, they did take our, we had to check our phone in there. No TVs either. Yeah, that's right. They took our phones. I forgot about that. They took our phones and um, we went and prayed with the monks. And, And again, you might think, pastor's crazy. Pastor's Catholic. Pastor's trying to change us all. None of it's true. I mean, it's all true and none of it's true. We, (laughs) it's all true and none of it's true. How's that for being really political? Uh, (laughs) You're all good. None of you are good. (laughs) You're all saved. None of you are saved. No, it just, it's, uh, (laughs) we went to the monastery, checked our phones in, and then we watched and prayed with monks. And this particular order of monks was planted in St. Joseph, Missouri out of Germany, and their monastery in Germany, their order of monks had prayed the Psalms 24 365 for over 900 years. And we would watch the monks and we would go in and we would, we would pray psalms with them and they would pray back and forth. The, the monks would be on either side. Like if you had almost a choir up here and there would be monks here and there would be monks here and they would say a verse and then they would say a verse and they would say a verse and they would say a verse. And, a verse. and there was something very reverent about it. And something super cool. And that's what I want you to do this summer. Not get a bunch of people and pray psalms back and forth. But grab a quiet place somewhere. Um grab a psalm have a cup of coffee and just you and Jesus get together and act like maybe that grandfatherly type is giving you some advice and then pray into that advice and as you pray into it I, I my prayer is that a refreshing comes over you and that you've never had before because the the world is in turmoil all the way around everywhere we go On the news, there's 27 minutes of bad news and then they have a three-minute clip of something good that happened. I'd like to see 27 minutes of good and a three-minute clip of something that needs to be prayed about. And I think the church can do that. The church can arise. Uh, My father-in-law used to say it centers sin. That's what sinners do. Sinners sin. And so, but what Jesus puts in the world is a light that shines through each of you. And we call it Grace. And you can be the light of the world to somebody that just needs to know who Jesus is. Amen? So let me pray. Then we're going to read through Psalms, just one verse at a time, this first one anyways, and then we'll uh, we'll, we'll move on. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your victory. And we thank you for your life. So open this book to us, this book we call Psalms, and just help us to read it. Help us to know. Help us to know you further in it. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. We're going to start with Psalms 1. Next week we're going to read Psalms 2. It'll bounce around from there. But Psalms 1 verse 1 says, blessed is the man. I've shared before our oldest grandson, Brady, just turned 14. And he refers to himself as the man. And he has a shirt, the man. And uh, we call him the man around the dinner table. And uh, sometimes he refers to himself in the third person as the man. Well, the man can do that. He's the one that did the Rubik's Cube up here in 39 seconds. So in some cases, he is the man, at least as far as our family goes, because he can do the Rubik's Cube in, in under a minute consistently. And he says the man, but this is not just about men. This is about humanity. This is a blessed is the person who walks not in the counsel of the wicked. Now think of grandpa whoever, or brother so-and-so, or think about that, that, that uh, elderly type in your life. Or maybe that person that's gone home to be with Jesus, they're sitting on the riverbank with you, they're underneath that tree, you got a fishing pole in, Michael Hager, you're ready to catch some fish, and this voice comes to you and says, hey, blessed is the man. Like, this thought takes place, blessed is, is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor does he stay in the way of sinners, he doesn't stand, there, nor does he sit at the seat of the scoffers, and theologians would say, this is kind of a beatitude of the Old Testament, and we're familiar with the beatitudes that Jesus taught, but just for a reference point, and it's not up there, we'll keep that verse up there, I want you to look at it, here's what Jesus taught, and it was earth-shattering, because a lot of times we get in this mode that it's us versus them, and God says, no, we're kind of all in it together, and those who are like of the world need to shine their light on the world. And those who aren't light of the world, they maybe need to look at the light. But when the light dims itself in darkness, we have to make sure that we Take that bushel off, and we show Christ to people who maybe have looked at Christ in a different way. Because sometimes we judge Christ through people, and if people are harsh, or people are cold, or people are hard-hearted, then it's hard to see Jesus in them. And people walk in grace and mercy and love and goodness and faithfulness. When they shine or reflect the imago Dei, the image of God, when they reflect the image of God to other people, then it's easy for people who don't. Know Jesus to find Jesus. Jesus said this in Matthew the fifth chapter. Again, he terms the word blessed. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of God. In other words, he's not talking about arrogance there. He's talking about someone who walks in humility. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Those who, as Jesus did, weep over their city, weep over their nation, weep over their friends, weep over their families, weep over people who are lost. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Righteousness, Jehovah new right ways. Someone who operates in right ways, even though it's hard, even though it costs more. They take the high road rather than the, the low, load, the get even low uh, road, the get-even road, the road that, that, that varies from place to place and time to time. They're always consistent. They're always doing things right. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. By the way, that's how we obtain mercy, but by giving it out. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. They're innocent. Their heart's not hard. Jeremiah says in chapter 3, verse 3, I believe it is, that we need to circumcise the foreskin of our heart. In other words, life will make you hardened. Life will make it difficult. You're going to say, I'm not going to let that happen to me again, or that person's not ever going to do that to me again, or I'm not going to do that with you like I did with them. And and we get harder and harder and harder until God can't penetrate our heart. But if we're innocent, God shows us a a better path, a better way. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Hey, wait a second. Can we call a timeout? Let's start a conversation. Maybe you don't agree with everything that I agree with, like Marcus said, or maybe you do things a little bit differently than we do. But let's start a conversation. We are a church for all people, and that all people means all. And yet we want to show grace so that truth can be taught. And when truth is taught, then God knows that at least we're trying within our heart. We, We become peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sakes, for theirs is the kingdom of God. In other words, people may say, well, I can't hang out with you. I can't do those things. You you have an end to that means, and then the end is the kingdom of God. And we open the doors to the kingdom, and we say, here's, here's who we are. Here's what we're going to be about. Here's, who we, who's, here's the thing. So, blessed is that man. They, they don't hang around. They don't become prideful. They don't become arrogant. They don't become. And, again, think of that elderly figure in your life who's sitting on the riverbed, and they're telling you this for the first time. They're talking to you. It was a while back, a year ago, actually last couple of years, that Jenny's folks came down and our little grandbabies that live here in town, he would take them fishing. I don't love to fish. Uh, I, I, I don't even like uh, watching fishermen. I have people shaking their head at me right now. I apologize. I repent before you. <laughs> for the error of my way <laughs> and the, and I I like to eat fish so keep catching and I'll keep eating but he would take him fishing and the first First year they caught like 13 or 16 fish. It was it was amazing, and 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 he would show them how to bait the hook. And you know, little sailor, she just had a toy pole, uh, and she was throwing it out there. And she caught two or three herself. You know, it was just it was just amazing. And then last year they came down and and, uh, and they caught 26 or 27 fish in just a little pond. It was it was amazing, and and we got to watch not only the interaction but we got to watch the memories. And of course, the memories are, are harder because he then passed away the end of August. And, 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 but, but, but the blessing was the freshness of the memory, the freshness of seeing somebody who was fishing with them, but teaching them life at the same time. This is what the Psalms are to me. They're David sitting on a riverbank with me, and I have a cup of coffee, or I have a, a soda or something, and, and he's, he's telling me how to live in fact, the Holy Spirit is telling me how to live through through King David's words. And I'm thinking, you know, David was a failure in many ways, and maybe, maybe I am too, or maybe there's points in your life where you feel like you failed and yet you can't live for God because you have, but here David is saying, no, you're, you're blessed. Just stay away from these things. And then he goes into verse number two, and he says, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. We walk through the scriptures and sometimes we use the Bible to defend our cause. And sometimes we use the the Bible to beat on other people. And sometimes we use the Bible to um, create a bless me scenario in favor. And I believe all that is good and true if we do it in, in a right way. I believe in God's favor. I believe in God's blessing. I believe in God's hope and love and joy. And I believe in instruction and correction. I believe that we can use the word of God to show people that there is a better way, that there's another way, that God has already made a way. And yet when we walk through life, there is pain and there's hurt and there's angst and all those things. But the person who delights himself in the law of the Lord, which is God's word. So we delight ourselves then in the word. It's not ancient. It's new, it's life-giving, it's fresh every day, it's our manna, it's what we have, but yet the, the Israelites didn't like the manna, they got tired of going out and picking up the manna, now we need some meat, we need something else, and this is true then even in churches where, uh, you know, it's, you know it's, a, it's a watered-down message or it's not good, and anytime we open God's Word, it should be fresh, it should be good, it should be solid. And we delight ourselves in it. So, again, I want to challenge you over the next uh, uh, three months or two months, whatever, so to get alone with God, to get in His Word, and, and don't really want anything. Just ask God to show you what He has, to delight Himself in, in the Lord, delight Himself in, in God's Word. There was a restaurant back up in Omaha where we're from uh, called D-Lights back in the day, D E hyphen L I T E S and it had all this it was it was really it had, like if if the restaurant it was a fast food chain if the restaurant was alive today uh, it closed down uh, it was a franchise I think it would be it would be go gangbuster it had plant based meat it had organic salads it had uh, nothing with sure no sugar added it was just all this fresh vegetables and fresh salads and Like you could get a salad instead of fries and all these things that other fast food chains ended up copying because after they squished these guys out of business, they thought, well, maybe we should grill some chicken instead of fry everything. Maybe we should trade a salad for fries instead of, and so they just went through different things, and, and the Lights was good when Janie was pregnant with the, our second daughter, Jessica. She had a craving crushed ice, and Hardee's had the best crushed ice in town, so we would go out of our way, get crushed ice at Hardee's, and across the street was this Lights. We never ate there because we thought, why in the world would you want something like that? We want french fries and chocolate shakes. We want, we, want to, we want to have it our way. You know some of the old slogans two all beef patties, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a sesame seed bun. That's a Big Mac, right? Fish fry and pie dinner for $1.99. You got your change back at first from a dollar. Like, now a dollar won't buy you anything at those places. Or hold the pickles, hold the lettuce. Special orders don't upset us. All we ask is that you let us have it your way. Burger King, right? Or where's the beef? Wendy's, Where's the beef? And I think sometimes we brought that into the church world. We want it our way and not God's way. We want to know where's the meat when we're walking through a summer in Psalms where there might not be a whole lot of meat or theological equation. It might just simply be saying, hey, God wants some time with you. Would you delight yourself in the word? Would you delight yourself in the law of the Lord? And if you delight yourself and you meditate on it, then verse number three starts to happen. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither, and in all he does, he prospers. I want you to grab a hold of that because I think sometimes there's things in our life that God plants us, and we're not sure why he plants us, where he plants us, or what what his thought process is, but but we know that he plants us. I have a friend named Bruce and his family farms in Iowa, and we were driving down the two-lane one time, blacktop, and, and in the middle of a soybean field, there was just one stock of corn growing up out of it, and I said, Bruce, look at that corn. Is that, what's going on there? He said, oh, Pastor Mark, that was... That's volunteer corn. That's left over from last year. I said, What do you, I mean how then a harvest are? He said, Oh, no, no, no. It won't, even, it won't even it won't even grow an ear of corn. I said, What do you mean? He said, Yeah, it's volunteer. It won't produce fruit because it hasn't been planted. It's leftover. And I think some Christ followers, because they just go whatever feels good with them, they're not truly planted in God so then they never produce fruit like God intends for them and when we pray through psalms we have to ask the lord to make us fruit bearers lord would you allow me to to grow fruit in due season would you allow my leaf not to wither? Would you would you allow would you allow me to prosper? However that looks for you, Lord, if it's prospering for somebody else, or if it's prospering for the church, or if it's prospering for a loved one, if it's prospering for the kingdom of God, then yes, Lord, if you if you cause us to prosper, so be it. We'll we'll take it, but we want to be a conduit. We want to help the Haiti. We want to help the care centers. We want to help the pregnancy. We want to help different people. We want to help the block parties. we, we want to help, but Lord, we want to. We want to get alone with you. We want to be part of who you are. Ginny and I grew up in South Omaha. Her and her family traveled for a little bit. Uh, in ministry, different churches—Minnesota, Missouri, Glenwood, Iowa—and then they landed in Omaha when she was re- really young, still. And uh, her father planted a church, bought the building, lived in the basement. You know the story. They planted church the old-fashioned way, where they actually paid for everything and lived in the church. They didn't go out and get grants and loans and walk away if it didn't work out. It was a—it was a life story that my parents. Uh, uh, lived in South Omaha, and I'm so thankful for our the way we were raised. I'm thankful for the the South Omaha. South Omaha is a mentality, and uh, when we grew up, we were always called we were called little SOBs. South Omaha boys. Y'all were thinking something else, weren't you? Shame on you. Yeah, I don't use that language in church, unless I'm in Burke County, and then I. I yeah. And one day I had a conversation with my mom. I was real young, maybe three or four years, third or fourth grade. And, and, and she had said, Marky, that's for the people on the other side of the track. And she was talking about people that maybe lived in West Omaha or Southwest Omaha, or people that maybe had larger houses than we did or uh, different uh, financial backing. And I, I, out of honesty, I said, well, we should just live to the other side of the track. Just move over there. And she was saying that you can't just do those things. You, know, you have to have the financial wealth or whatever. And, 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 and I'm so glad that we never did move to the other side of the tracks. Nothing wrong with the other side of the tracks or people on the other side of the tracks that had some different things. But when things hit our life, mine and my wife's life, we were planted. We, we, we knew who we were in Christ. We knew who we were as a couple. We knew who we were and when we became pastors. We knew who we were. When we moved down here in 2008, it was the worst financial crisis in America since 1929. It was the Great Recession. And people in uh, our body of believers and in this town, 15.9% of the people in Hickory when we moved here were unemployed. Well, that doesn't help church tithing very much, okay? And so we battled through that for two years. And then in, in 2015, 40 of our top 44 givers moved out of area, counting two that died. And two ended up staying in the area, but we lost about $300,000 to our budget. And it would have been easy probably just to pack up and move and say, all right, well, that was a good run for about four or five years. But we were planted in Christ, and we were planted in our roots, and we were planted in, in, a, in a system of stay, sticking things out, of being loyal. And then the last couple of years with COVID and, and different, you know, racial tension and political tension and all the things going on, I, I, found, I found myself praying this prayer, this psalm, Lord, you, you've planted us and streams of water. Those streams of water aren't our surroundings. Those streams of water are you. The streams of water is God's Holy Spirit flowing through us. And 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 now God is is working things through and working things over. And God brings new people in and, and others. And 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 we would say, now we're gonna hit a recession. And I would say, no matter what this looks like economically, here's what this looks like in God. That God's always faithful. And if you're planted in Christ, if you're planted in God, if you're planted by that stream of living water, then you will yield fruit in your season. That, that word is kairos. It means an, a window of opportunity that, that when you do your part, God always does his part. That you can walk through these matters and you can walk through them with your head held high knowing that God is on your side. And if God before you, there's not a devil in hell that, stand, that can stand in your way. It is impossible for him to stand in your way. So you're a tree planted by water. You got your fishing rod in the lake, and now you're starting to bear fruit. And all of a sudden, your leaf does not wither. In other words, there's not a fall season in your life. And I love fall, but in your personal life, it's like God keeps doing and doing and doing. And then all that you do will prosper. I was standing in a new auditorium that we had just built in the only other church that we have pastored as lead pastors. And I was praying one uh, weekday morning. It was 6 a.m. And uh, Jane and I had already resigned the church. We weren't sure where we were going to go. We had some opportunities. And I asked the Lord for direction. And this verse came up. and And, and basically, he said, you do pretty much do what you want. And everything you're going to do is prosper. You've been faithful. And, I, and I, it just hit me on how good God really is, that it's not a name it and claim it or a blab it and grab it gospel. It's a gospel of faithfulness. It's a gospel of life. It's a gospel of love that if we just do our part, God will always do his part. If you just walk it out, and if you have that person or that voice, in my mind, it's King David sitting with me on the riverside, and he's telling me this story, because when he's writing the story, all hell is against him. The Philistines are against him. Some of his own family members are against him. The king, who is his father-in-law, is against him everybody's against him. He's got to gravitate to a cave. He's got to raise up a new generation of leaders. The world is against him, and he's really talking about how good God is. Verse number four then goes on. The wicked are not so. In other words, here's how the righteous would be, but the wicked are not so. They're like a chaff that wind drives away. Let's move to verse five. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment or the sinners in the congregation of the righteous such that Jehovah said do again right ways. Those that just dare to do things right, not do things easy, not do things lazy not do things because somebody else is doing them, not do things because a political party tells them to do that, not do things because uh, uh, someone in Hollywood says that's a cool thing, not repost something that they didn't generate, but finally just retweet something that's Scripture for once and says, I'm not going to stand in the way of those sinners. I'm going to operate in the, operation, in, the cor- in the congregation of the righteous, not because I'm proud and arrogant because Jesus says we need to be humble and peaceable and mindful. I think sometimes when the church wins what is a proposed victory, they become very arrogant. They become very spiteful. Rather than do what Jesus said, they become very humble and very peaceable and very merciful and say, hey, can we at least start a conversation if you don't think the way I think or you don't agree with the way I agree? How about we just start a conversation and talk about it? And then verse 6 goes on to say this, For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, those who operate in right ways, but the way of the wicked will perish. As David ends this psalm, saying it, it, it's, it's okay, and, and, I, and I feel like David has some angst here. I feel like David's got a little like he's been running, he's been hurting, he's been, he's been, he's been trying, and yet the Lord brings him to a spot. You probably have a thinking place in your house or in your life. Maybe in some it is truly in a fishing boat, or maybe some it's on a riding lawnmower, or maybe some it's, a, it's at a baseball diamond or a baseball field. Maybe some it's, it's just cooking, dish, cooking uh, dinner or cleaning dishes or walking around the yard or sitting out back on your patio. Maybe some it's walking or driving the parkway, whatever it is. Maybe some of it's on a, a, a beach somewhere. And that's your, that's your spot, that's your, that's your place. Think of you being at that place for a moment. Come on back, worship team. Think of you being at that place for just a moment, okay? Think you're there, you're, you're at that spot. And King David, considered the greatest king that Israel's ever had, he's sitting next to you or that grandfatherly figure sitting down with you and saying, hey, you can make it. Here's why you can make it because you've been faithful. And you say, but I haven't been really faithful. And God says through that voice, son, it's not your righteousness. It's my righteousness. It's not how you've walked because that becomes prideful. It's how I've walked through you and in you and with you. Marcus and Charity had little Judy in here. A minute ago, and they were holding his hands while they were worshiping. And so both of his hands are like that. And I looked over at him, and he smiled at me and kind of waved like that. And I'm thinking, it's so cool how a parent can grab a child by the hand, like it's going to be okay. And Psalms 1 right now is grabbing you by the hand. God's saying, it's going to be not only okay, you're going to superabound in blessings. You're going to be prosperous. Now, again, I'm not saying financial gain. I'm saying such a peace that wraps around you that you know that no matter what, God's righteousness protects you in such a loving way that yes, you can endure to the end. Stand with me this morning. We're gonna sing the song called The Highlands. It's a great song. It talks about us ascending, but even if we don't ascend in the valley, God will meet us and not only meet us, but he'll groom us. And if you're here today and you don't feel it, like you don't have the warm fuzzies, I'm gonna ask that as you pray through Psalms this week and this month and next month and early into August or through August, that you don't expect anything from God, just give yourself over to him and see how and what he gives back to you because there's a lot of political wars. There's a lot of racial wars. There's a lot of military wars going on in the world. God just wants your attention. That's all he wants. He'll take care of the rest. We pray for you. Father, we thank you so much because you are alive and you do care. And your promise to us is that you will cause us to prosper. And in fact, uh, John said to prosper and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. So that we know you're concerned about not only our soul, but our health, our finances. You're concerned about our family or our loved ones. You're concerned about our decisions, our thoughts, our ideas. You're you're concerned about our direction. And Lord, we pray right now. Lord, for those people who are in those, whatever they'll do, they'll prosper. Lord, it's, it's like the decisions already made in heaven. It's clear. Lord, as long as they continue to follow you, so we pray for Christ's followers today to be a light that shines in darkness, in a world that needs to see who Christ is. Let them be that shining light. And those that are making decisions in their life, whether it be economic or relational, whether it be directional, Father, what would you show them the way that would cause them to prosper? Lord, let them be fruit bearers. Let us gain riches from your word that we can share with others. Help us to be that voice to someone on the riverbank sharing the good news and the love of Jesus Christ. And most of all, Lord, help us to be planted in your word by your way for your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: because like that song sometimes it's really easy just to praise God you know like we're so excited we just won this game we're just amazing we're so good or we just had this great report it's amazing but God is still good and God is still good when we don't win we don't get things the way we thought we should have it, or we have to go through sickness. Sometimes, some are just called to suffer, but God can be glorified in our suffering, and we will learn that through the Psalms, no matter what we go through. God is still good. God is still faithful. God is always going to come through. He, He will come through. Our job is just to trust, and sometimes at the last minute, we think, where are you? we've all done that every one of us have been in a place to say God where are you what are you doing and he's looking at us saying do you trust me and our answer should be back to him yes God I trust you you have everything in control my job is to trust and you're teaching me trust amen so sometimes we just have to learn that that the steps of a righteous man or woman They're ordered by the Lord. And if our trust is in him, he's going to walk us through and take us to wherever he has designed us to be. So I love that about the Psalms. I love that about that song. No matter where I am, I will bless the Lord. And that is one of the Psalms that we will learn. I'll bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be on my lips. So no matter where I am, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to love you. And hopefully you'll walk out at the end of summer knowing that you have learned through something that pastor thinks yeah it may not be like a home run kind of message but you'll walk out going you know what i learned to, to trust god because i read the psalms and that's what he's encouraging us to do as a body is to take this challenge and if you say you know i, I don't read a lot i'm not i don't read my bible every day or you know it's on your phone you can get it on an app you can just have it read to you just one psalm a day or you can sit some with your children maybe before school before work in summer so maybe before bed just read a psalm and they're they're usually really really short but they're just going to be bring life to you and your family but if you get to psalms 119 it's very very long you might want to break that one up in a couple for the week is really long he was really having a preaching moment at that time so <laughs> he was really going after it so hopefully pastor never does that to us I mean unless you know unless God you know gives you a week it it'd take you a week unless you had all day but you know I don't to, not to bring any condemnation on anybody you so said I just I don't ever read That's not who I am. Maybe take the challenge, because Psalms is a really good place to start. And they say, if you do something for 30 days, it becomes a habit. So try reading, starting tomorrow, reading one Psalm. Start with one. It's going to be easy, because you already heard it. So it's going to be, boom, got that one. Now to the next day so just go through and try to try to make yourself just read a psalm get your phone out just put in psalms 1 psalms 2 and it'll come up and you can just read that or get your bible and add to what you already read so however you, that works for you we just encourage you to get in and, and uh, hear the psalms hear the words sing it Sometimes if you're a singer sometime I do I just sing I sing the scriptures I think I'm writing this song. I didn't write that song. David wrote it I'm just singing it So you can do that too So we're just encouraged So don't forget next Sunday Is going to be baseball Sunday So it's going to be a fun day It's the 4th of July A lot of people are on vacation But you're going to be here And I'm going to be here And so And the baseball team is going to be here And if you can If you can go to the Catawba Catawba Valley Stars Is it .com It's not hard to find You go to the ball game and watch them. The of Valley CV, I don't know where it is, but ask Marvin or one of those baseball players. I just asked Marvin, I have his number. So Mark will call and say, where are the boys playing? And if they ever play up in Boone, you really should go to that. That is the funnest stadium. I don't know when that is or, but there's a lot of fun stadiums. So I just encourage you to go watch the boys play. They really are fun to watch. and. Um, they're just really good boys but next week we're gonna um you're gonna get to talk to them a little more and we're gonna we're just gonna have a fun baseball day because it's summer so i hope to see you next week let me just pray for you father we love you and we thank you for who you are in our lives we thank you for the goodness of god that your faithfulness in us and through every test and every trial you come through a hundred percent every time at your timing, Lord, not ours. So we just trust in you, and we rely on you to come through and do whatever your word says you will do, you will do. We know that. We thank you for that. We bless you today. We pray you go with each and every person. You order their steps. You give favor upon them. Let them have the heart and the mentality that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and greater is he that's living in me than he that's living in the world. We declare that over every person. Whatever they do, they will be blessed and prosper this week. We call it for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all so much. We'll see you next week.